0: Welcome everyone to another edition of Sportball with Squam Stogie and Skull I'm your boy Sam. With me, as always, are these two fucking dickless <laughs> Kyle and Seth. Welcome in, as always. I hope you're doing terrible this week, boys.
1: I uh, it's good to see you too.
0: Oh baby, I had classes so, canceled on Wednesday, and I don't have classes on Wednesday,
2: so really, it was a great week for me.
0: Did anyone else hear flaccid instead of classes canceled? <laughs> <laughs> Also with us this week, we have a special guest. Here he is, his Sportball podcast debut, its friend and future ACT taker, Nick Berlina. Welcome to the show. Oh, happy to be here. Happy to
3: be on Sportball. Uh, Long time listener, uh, first time uh, appearance.
0: <laughs> wow. Now, I must warn you, uh, Merlina, for our uh, guests at home there watching the video, only half of your face is showing, but maybe it's your better half. I don't know. Uh, it is. It maybe is. We'll I'll be get better. closer to Kyle. I mean, is showing door. both of his halves and they're both bad, so yeah.
1: Merlina, um, how excited are you to take the ACT?
3: Um, on a level <laughs> 1 to 10, like a negative 12. Okay.
0: All right. So pretty excited. does like that was even on the scale. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, listening at home, but I think all of our five listeners should know by this point, Merlina lost our fantasy football league, and so he has to take the ACT as is the punishment for anyone who loses. We got to get that organized, though. My team was just
3: yeah. dog shit this year. It was so bad, and I tried to make trades to –
0: to make it better and it just only got worse God. I don't know if this will make you feel better or worse But I drafted Deshaun Watson in the second round I uh, My first two picks were Leonard Fournette and Delvin Cook And I still didn't finish last So I don't know if that, uh, <laughs> if that helps nope, you or... nope, Don't feel much better, thank you though <laughs> uh, Oh also I should mention The intro song you just heard Probably if Kyle edits this correctly We gotta shout out our boy Skyler for making that uh, Incredible jazzy theme for us Seth probably still hasn't listened to it because he never listens to the podcast. So, yep. And what? What's your question, <laughs> Seth? can you tell the listeners as well which NBA game you're distracted by tonight? Ah,
1: uh, yeah. So I'm watching the Bucks Raptors <laughs> game. I mean, it, I just want to show the listeners that we're true fans and that we actually, you know, watch the games at all at all times. And that's why we're knowledgeable. And that's why you should listen to Sportball. <clears throat> in case you're wondering, Kyle Lowry just missed a three. Actually, he missed two threes in a row.
0: Kyle Olson or Lowry? I don't know um, if missed two in a row. Also before this goes too much off the rails, I just need to mention that I've already had three glasses of wine, Jeez. so I don't know if that makes me LeBron or Only three. Did you see him drinking wine on the bench the other night? <laughs> he does it every night <laughs> yeah. now, dude. He's got the that man clear. doesn't give a <laughs> fuck, dude. Colorless bottle. <laughs> I mean when when you are the NBA you can really do whatever you want, right? So I can't wait until that's standard. <sighs> Screw Gatorade, hand out glasses of wine to bench players. I'm for it. Speaking of savage moves also, um, it reminds me of the time, Nick, that I stole all of your cough drops. Do you remember that? I do. I do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tried to give me a quarter in uh, reciprocation, and I was like, nope, <laughs> just keep the cough
0: drops. You <laughs> took a whole Not bag great. of cough drops. What a wild in, th- in, On my defense, in that moment of my life, I was addicted to cough drops for like two months. So, <laughs> I'm glad you know, I, I
3: could, uh, could help you there.
2: Wasn't Matt called uh, <laughs> something Harry Potter looking ass by the...
0: Uh, workers at the uh, wiener circle <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean he does look like Harry Potter in that he's a nondescript white man so he also fell yeah. off a bar stool that night Matt shout out yeah
1: where's wiener circle
0: <laughs> I think you can look in your pants and <laughs> you'll know the answer
1: <laughs> just set you right, up so
0: anyway before this goes too much more off the rails uh, so in this episode we want to talk some NBA news and then preview the big game the big game the Super Bowl you might have heard of it oh. I don't know um but first, we got to address some uh, breaking news from today. <sighs> a big trade in the NBA <laughs> between the Mavericks and the Knicks. Porzingis is going to the uh, to the Mavericks, so it's the Knicks get um, Dennis Smith Jr. in return, DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and maybe a first round pick. Two first round picks. Okay, and then well, I don't read your text. And then the Mavericks get Kristaps Porzingis, coming off that uh, ACL. It was ACL or Achilles. Thank you. And, Tim, uh, who's hard I am, Hardaway Jr., and Courtney <laughs> Courtney Lee and Trey Burke. So um, what are your initial thoughts, guys? You know what, Nick, let's start with you. You're the guest. Um, I,
3: I imagine that we all think that the Knicks are just blowing this up in order to make room for those two max players next year or next summer, yeah. which I think is smart of them to do because Kristaps, as your main centerpiece right now with his – His injury history and everything is not someone really to rely on. But in retrospect, I do think that pick and roll, once he's healthy, with Doncic is going to be deadly. Too deadly. Deadly. Oh, my God, dude. And I think that that's two good pieces. If Doncic can continue to progress the way he is right now. I mean, no one has seen this type of play out of a European player rookie season. So, I I mean, I'm excited for them. I'm excited to watch them because they're – I mean, they're fun right now and it's only going to get better when
0: he's healthy, but – you know, I I, I I find myself turning on many Mavericks games just to watch Luca. Honestly, yeah, it'll be fun getting those guys in
3: the court. But you know, I'm I think the deal really worked out for both sides because the Knicks have been trying to do this for a while, and I think they have the potential now.
0: Yeah, definitely. What do you think, Seth?
1: Um, I agree with Marlena in that it could work out for both sides. I think it's always I think some of the recent blockbuster trades have taught us to be careful about evaluating trades right away. Right? We all thought the Paul A. K. trade Thunder. was yeah. like. A ridiculous one that the Thunder just made out like bandits, but now it's like Oladipo and Paul George and Sabonis on to the Oladipo's side. Obviously, Depot's injury right changes the equation a little sure. bit, but um, it's going to depend a lot on if the Knicks can actually lure two marquee free agents in the summer. Um, mm-hmm. I was also thinking about. What the NBA lottery will bring us, right? The Knicks have a chance at the number one pick. So, are they doing this to get some more draft picks to then trade for Anthony Davis? You know, would if if the Celtics are unwilling to include Tatum in the deal, would the Pelicans want to get Zion plus some picks? Maybe that's a little bit more far fetched, and they're probably just doing this to kind of keep more of their options open and like I said before I think it's could be wise to kind of get off of Kristaps when they're noticing that he's unhappy not 100% sure on how he's going to recover from the injury and maybe this prevents them from getting into a situation that the Pelicans find themselves in now where you have a star who's disgruntled says they're going to leave and then you have to trade them for less than market value so maybe they're trying sure. to kind of sell him now and and avoid that situation for their future.
0: I think it was interesting, too, how quickly this all unfolded because, you know, we'd heard Chris stops thrown around in AD trades, right? But, you know, who wouldn't throw around their best player in Anthony Davis trades? And then, you know, this morning, uh, we got the news that Porzingis had met with the team and was discussing how he was unhappy with the future of the team and maybe the culture they were building and all the losing, right? And then immediately after that, it was reported he came out of the meeting Saying that he would prefer a trade, and then it was what I mean, six like hours like later. two hours later. The trade, yeah, it like the trade was the same day. So it just all really unfolded really quickly. I mean, I certainly didn't expect this to happen. I know they were just kind of shopping around for players as good as AD, but this was kind of a shock to me when I heard the news. I
2: think really what worked well was the fact that Dallas played the Knicks last night. So you know, as soon as that game ended, trade talks. Went into place once they heard about the Porzingis news. As a Bulls fan, I wish the Bulls would take kind of like a, a page out of this playbook that the Knicks are doing, because this is what they're setting themselves up for now. You got rid of a somewhat injury prone player who could be great if he yeah, can yeah. avoid injuries going on in the future, which is huge for Dallas. They're gonna, you know, they're we're shopping Dennis Smith Jr. anyways. So you get a player that could be a superstar next to another young player that could be a superstar. So there's your recipe for success there, as we've talked about before. You pay for your superstars, and then you pay little money for a one or two year deal on role players. So that's what they're gonna do. What the Knicks have set themselves up for is the ability to sign two max contract players, I assume preferably Kevin Durant and you know someone like a Kyrie Irving or something, <laughs> and then, the spot for a potential number 1 pick in the draft and get a freak athlete, possible superstar in Zion Williamson along with a very good young player that they have now in Kevin Knox. They're finally going to let Frankie Nicotine do his thing on the court and Tim Hardaway Jr. Smokes. with the scoring and still like we talked about Vonleh in the front court too. Their future is honestly really bright and I never
0: really Well, not- Tim's not on their team anymore, but he will be scoring for other teams. I think
2: Matt was a, a year
0: too early in the idiot corner and calling them a playoff team. <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, he saw, also he please use his future, Christian. Surely. Please use his Christian name, Tim. How hard am I, Hardaway Junior? Thank you. Um, <laughs> I thought it was whose hard so, I am, Hardaway Junior. He goes by many names. Okay. Uh, I was using his, his name? Uh, Lutheran name. Uh, <laughs> understood. <laughs> Which is also Christian, it but is. whatever. Um, <laughs> So, I could see this going one of two ways, right? It could go well for the Knicks, and they end up getting a max player. But the the way I see it going, most likely, is the Knicks just traded away the best young player they've had since Patrick Ewing in return for cap space for two players that they're never going to get. And what's going to happen is they don't get uh, uh, Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. They get a Chris Middleton, and they're just going for the A-seed for the next 10 years, and that's the New York Knickerbockers, baby. That's what I love to see, you know? So I feel safe. That feels comfortable, and I'm excited for that It's in taking the next a, They're taking a gamble on themselves, <laughs> what they're doing, which is, at yeah. this point in the league, something that you have to do with,
2: you know, four or five teams pretty much distancing themselves from the rest of the league. So, I mean, one, the New York is a top market, you know, for a big player to want to go to. So... I mean, they're in, they're in a good position, and that's really all you could hope for out of a trade like this.
3: Well, people forget with that big market, you also have to play for Jimmy Dolan, who, with all reports, is just the worst owner of all time, treating his players and even alumni like absolute dog shit. I mean, I think a guy like Kevin Durant could be steered away if that meeting goes poorly when he goes down there and talks to him, yeah. and he could be like, no, I'm not doing this, which puts, sets Definitely. them back to ground zero once again.
0: For sure, and I think that players nowadays take more stock in how a front office is constructed than they may have in the past. You know, I think that in the past it was all just where can I get the best money or the biggest market. But, I mean, with the Twitter era, with the internet era, these players all know, right? You know, they know James Dolan's a shitty owner, and so they may be a little more hesitant to go there. But, you know, playing at MSG is still definitely a dream for some players. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But I, this definitely wasn't the trade I was expecting before this trade deadline but i'm excited to see if porzingis can get back to full form on the on the mavericks too basketball reference one of the uh listed nicknames for luca
2: (laughs) is matador or you can (laughs) call him the don or swaggy l who comes up with this
0: don't like that swaggy l (laughs) Are we just basketball reference nickname connoisseurs? Is that what we've become? Yeah.
2: <laughs> THJ, it's either THJ or Grover. I don't know why they don't have
0: whose hard I am, Hardaway Jr., but. That's odd because that's his given name. It's on his birth certificate <laughs> if they look. I guess that's why it's not a nickname. It is his name, right. so it makes sense. Um, all right, any more thoughts on this before we move on?
3: DeAndre Jordan okay. must be really missing Los Angeles right now. That <laughs> he said, New York.
0: <laughs> I saw
2: uh, they might just buy him out. Mm. I saw reports of that, and then Bring you know the where balls. he goes. Once they trade for Anthony Davis, he just goes to the Lakers
0: because what other center are they going to have? Well, they probably want a center that can shoot, right? And DeAndre, what uh... do you need? What do you need a, <laughs> you need a center could that can <laughs> What do you need a center that could shoot for though? When you
2: got Anthony Davis, that's true. They just need him to. He would just highlight back up, highlight yeah. Aliou.
0: So you're gonna start a front yeah. court of Anthony Davis and uh, and wait, what did I just say?
2: Anthony Davis.
0: <laughs> okay, and DeAndre Jordan. I couldn't remember which one I said first. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I that guess sheesh. that would kind of work. Yeah. Anthony Davis spreads the floor. You know. This segues nicely into that uh, Anthony Davis trade rumors, though. I didn't even mean to do that, but I mean. I'll do it. So, the next thing we want to talk about was Anthony Davis requesting a trade, which was the biggest news in the NBA for three days until this happened, until the Kristaps trade happened. So, basically, the timeline is thusly speaking. Um, Anthony Davis requested a trade because he said he was not going to sign his contract extension with the Pelicans, which he still has a year left on his contract either way. And then he said, just recently today, I believe it became official, that he came out and said that he wants to go to the Lakers in 2020 regardless of which team he is traded to, so therefore it would be a a one-a-year slash one-and-a-half-year rental, if it's before the trade deadline, to whichever team he is traded to, which makes Celtics fans like Seth squirm in their little booties. So I guess (laughs) I'll start with you, Seth. Do you think the Celtics still have a chance at getting him, and what do you think is the most likely outcome here? Not only
1: do I still think they have a chance at getting them, I yeah, I'm squirming in my booties. um <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the Celtics will still go after him. I would predict that they the Pelicans will not trade him before the deadline. I think the Celtics will like before this maybe they had been more likely to offer Tatum in a deal. I'm not sure about that at all. Um, maybe now that they, now that there's more of a possibility of him going to the Lakers that they prefer to keep Tatum, but I still think that if they can make a deal, um, and retain some of their core players, still right? If it's something like they still have Kyrie, Al, Gordon, and Tatum, and then they trade mm-hmm. Rozier, Smart, Brown and some picks. Right, something like that. But then I think that team could legitimately win the title in the following year. And I don't But don't think you think that I I don't Ty know if that uh, be
0: offer beats the Lakers though, right? Cuz if the Lakers are offering Ingram, Lonzo, Kuzma, Zubat, and a first-round pick, do you think without Tatum your offer is better? I mean, we could offer three first-round picks. We could offer four if we want. We could. I'm <laughs> that's us <all> for seven because <laughs> uh, we might have yeah. four first
1: round picks this year this upcoming draft you know so sure I think it depends I I'm obviously less optimistic than I was before this news but I don't think it's a crippling blow yet but at the same time I think it's pretty likely that the Lakers just get him now um mm-hmm
0: or at the end of the year, um, yeah, and I think, but I do think that the Celtics, out of any of the other teams, would have the best chance of even if a- AD comes out and says like he has, I'm going to the Lakers in 2020. But if he gets traded to the Celtics and they end up, you know, competing or winning a championship, that's one of the teams that could sway him to stay, right? Yeah, Merlina, what do you think about this and what, what's going to happen with AD?
3: <clears throat> well, first off, I'm very excited for my. Wine drinking, hairline receding, uh, movie star and king, LeBron James. Oh, it could have
0: been me until the last thing that you said, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I,
3: I think that it's very clear where he wants to go right now. Um, and it makes me very excited as a LeBron James fan. Not necessarily a Lakers fan, but those mm-hmm. two together, I think, is just madness on the court. I think there's so many things you can do with an offense that's that open and that able in a defense where LeBron doesn't have to really do much knowing that the the paint is really defended for the most part. Um, But like you guys said, I think you could run into, if he ends up going to the Celtics this summer or something like that, the same situation you ran into with Paul George where they fall in love with where they are and they're like, hey, I don't need to go to L.A. or move teams when previously they said that they're just a rental. Um, Same thing I think is currently happening with Kawhi. So I think if the Lakers don't get him soon then that window closes on their potential because I think if he's playing next to Kyrie and Horford and Hayward in Boston, he's gonna his offense is gonna be open for him once again. I mean, it really is anywhere he goes. But I think he mm-hmm. would enjoy that so much and they would be I mean that team competes with the Warriors. I mean For sure. It it makes a difference. But I do want to bring up the situation where he goes, A D goes to the Lakers clay doesn't get that max offer this summer add clay thompson to that lakers team and now we're cooking now we're cooking
0: oh yeah with gas or otherwise <laughs> gas cooking with gas i got it um, we should mention um i don't think we explained this for our five listeners i might not know so the reason that the lakers can nab him right now without any threat from boston is that boston has kyrie irving who is on his rose world rule uh contract, right, which is the max contract of the rookie year where you can not have two of those players on that contract at the same time. Anthony Davis is also on that same contract. So they cannot have Kyrie and A D on their contracts on their team at the same time. The so other the Celtics really can't do anything until the summer unless they want to trade Kyrie for Anthony Davis, which they don't seem inclined to do.
1: The other complicated thing <laughs> speaking of the Lakers, is that from what I've read, it would be difficult for the Lakers to think it's difficult for them to get ad now and then sign a max free agent this summer Mm -hmm. unless they have that switched around where they need to sign where it's difficult to get a max free agent first and then get ad but i think what i first said is correct and so um it's a whole like complicated contract all that madness but yeah i think if they just had lebron ad and then Al Deng's stretch contract on the books that have like thirty million dollars left, which isn't quite enough to sign Clay if he wants the full max. Maybe they could get Clay to sign for less than the max, but then isn't that the reason why he's leaving the Warriors because he wants more money? So I don't know. I think those are all still possibilities to get AD and Clay and maybe or Kyrie maybe, but. seems like it would be tricky to do with the math
0: isn't it funny how they they're like oh they only have three players under contract but can't quite afford that fourth (laughs) when there's 15 players on an nba roster (laughs) no and
3: and i beg the question when is it going to become a gigantic conflict of interest where rich paul is representing these giant superstar (laughs) nba players and is directly connected to lebron like doesn't lebron make a cut of that Anthony Davis contract because he's That's invested right. in the agency?
0: Yeah, I was talking to Seth about this yesterday. It just it makes me feel a little queasy. I mean, it's like LeBron doesn't have any legally direct stakeholding in Clutch, but we all know he's involved with Clutch, right? His best friend runs it. And, you know, it's just a huge conflict of interest to have a player playing and also owning part of an agency, basically. Right, And that's where you get situations like this And that's where you get situations like KCP and Tristan Thompson Getting overpaid because they play with LeBron Right, So if I was another player or if I was a small market Team who doesn't have a chance at Anthony Davis Because of his ties with LeBron I'd be a little little pissed off at the whole situation
2: What LeBron has basically done Has become the Jay-Z of the NBA At this point in time (laughs) I've always said that about him Where Jay-Z was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make the most money? Well, I'll start my own music company and I'll just eat the cost of making music, and then once I put it out, I'll make music. I'll make money directly from my music, and then my company is also going to make money from that, and that's going to go into my pocket. <laughs> so he's, Jay Z's like double triple dipping in the music industry. That's what LeBron's about to start doing. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Kyle? Where do you think 80's going to end up? It all comes down to the next like, was it five, six days? If he is dealt before the trade deadline, I don't think he goes anywhere other than the Lakers. If he doesn't get dealt before this deadline, though, I think Boston ends up with the best shot because of what they can offer and the draft picks they have available. But the one thing that New Orleans has to keep in mind is Drew Holiday also said 90% of the reason he came to New Orleans was to play with Anthony Davis. So once they trade AD, is Drew Holiday going to want to leave too? Most likely, especially with the rest of the people on that team, especially with them having Merited, Randall, and someone else they said is up for trade, you know, is available as well. So it's like what they need to do then is stockpile picks and, you know, do what the Knicks are doing, try to become better within the next couple years instead of rebuilding basically an entire team. So that may, leads you to believe that, yes, the Celtics have the best offer, so that's what they're going to hold out for. But at the same time, the way it looks right now is Anthony Davis might not play another day as a Pelican.
0: He's just been held out he now for
2: no reason. Like He's fine to come back to play basketball, from what I've heard, and he's just holding out the rest of the season. More importantly, if you play
0: him, then he, you just get a worse draft pick. More importantly, he
1: may not, may not play another game for my fantasy basketball team. I can't believe it's not Butler. Which <laughs> would really <laughs> torpedo wow. my season right in the midst of suck. my epic comeback. So I am um, talking about shaking in my booties. That's
2: what I'm really worried about.
0: I have three points to make. Should I make them in ascending order or descending order or no particular order? Descending order we all no know that it's going
2: to be in no particular order in descending
0: order. <laughs> Which means worst point to best point? Okay. <clears throat> I think that New Orleans might go for less of a future draft pick situation and more of a young star player because they're already starved for people coming to their arena, right? They're already the second or third best thing in town with everyone just caring about the Saints, They're already in danger of losing the franchise Because they don't make enough money So I don't think they're really going to stomach A full teardown rebuild When they can't make any money as it is So they're probably looking for a young star player Like a Tatum or a Jamal Murray from the Nuggets Or something like that As opposed to future draft picks So that might sway their decision And that might be why they look at the Lakers And find that a better offer right? Because they have all those young Maybe not star players yet But potential future All-Stars Second point This is going to be better than the last one? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it should be better than the last one. So the Knicks, this is actually a question, really. Are the Knicks out of the AD sweepstakes now that they made that trade? Do you think that was a stepping stone to Anthony Davis? Or do you think they're kind of saying we're refocusing?
2: They're out Because There's I no heard way. that
0: they were one of the teams involved, you know, if they get the number one pick or if they offer future things like Perzingis, but they already traded Perzingis. So. I don't
2: really know at this point then what will they really have to offer in return besides draft picks, and especially if you're only going to have AD for a year and a half max, it doesn't make sense to unload more and those draft picks that you're trying to pile up, especially when you're in the running for
0: Zion Williamson. Yeah, I think I, think I agree with you there. My third point this is the last point so i was talking to seth about this the other day and um i don't know i'm always i'm always for player empowerment and i'm always for players being able to choose where they play and having the best work environment that they want but i don't you guys just feel a little fatigued with with players just asking to be traded a couple years before their contract is up i just feels like like i don't know like no one's content with their team right you know Kyrie Irving just asked to get out of Cleveland landed in a great situation in Boston and now people are already asking well you know is he going to resign this summer and it's just a little it's a little too much upheaval it's just a little too much not being content with what you have to me the grass is always greener for all these players and and like i said i, I don't know i've always been for for player power and for them to be able to choose where they work but I don't know. Doesn't it just seem like no one's content with their situation? Or am I just crazy?
2: I think it's, you know, what it is now in the NBA is it's a a superstars league. And superstars want to play with superstars. And if a superstar finds that their team isn't in the best position to add another superstar, they want to go to the best place that can afford them, that has another superstar, because that's the way to win championships now. You don't win Marlena. it with a bunch of, like, like like you said. you don't win it with Chris Middleton as your best player
0: or one of your focal point players. Merlina, uh, I don't care about Kyle's opinion. Am I crazy, or is this... Uh... I mean, you're not crazy. I think
3: the Kyrie Irving situation specifically is him, one... You know, he didn't wasn't really prepared to shoulder that leadership role that he had because he had never had it before. And two, I think he's come to a realization that you have to have another one of those big name guys to really compete. And he's like I Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, like, while Tatum might be on his way, like, maybe he doesn't feel those guys are his greatest chance at getting and he tasted it when he was so young. He got that championship when he was young. And he wants to get back to that. Yeah, he wants to be The guy on that team, but I think slowly but surely, I think Paul George realized the same thing. Like, I'm a great player in my own regard, but maybe I need another guy better than me or more established that can take me there, you know? Because you think about it, LeBron gets you to that championship in 2016, but without Kyrie in game five and seven, like, they don't get, they don't win that ring. Like, they're not there. For sure. He's absolutely incredible, but he has to get there first, like yes, to get yeah. to that game five or game seven to really flourish. So but I get it, it's it's troubling when they have the power in their hands. Like you look at the NFL where it's it's pretty much a totally different league in that regard, where guys can't just demand trades and leave where they want to go. But I You're mean right. I I'm totally for player empowerment as well, but it gets kind of annoying when every other day you hear about, Oh, this guy wants to leave here, oh this guy wants to leave there. Yeah. Just changes the whole landscape of the NBA on a, a constant basis.
0: For sure. Seth, any last thoughts?
1: yeah i mean i think what you guys are saying is right um i think with Kyrie, he maybe realized didn't realize all of the work that it took to be that star leader that mm-hmm. brown was and now he's kind of like oh i know i signed up for this but i don't know if i really wanted all this um but i definitely sympathize with why people are frustrated and fed up with it um but i also think part of it is because of the media now and we kind of forget a lot of those players who have stuck with their team um or like the players like demar Derozan rosen who wanted to stay with their team and then got traded um so i think sometimes you just gotta like remember back to the mike conley's of the world and even though he might get traded now soon too but, but he didn't demand it. He didn't that's demand the it. Other yes. half, yeah, right. Is that, well, when players sure. don't demand a trade, half the time their team trades them, and then they're like, well, I wanted to stay on the team that drafted me, but they wouldn't keep me. So it's like, why should I bother being loyal when they're not loyal to me?
0: Definitely, yeah. Uh, let's hit a couple of other NBA news topics. Rapid fire style, people, because you don't have all day, okay? We're busy men, we have lots of things to do. The first thing I want to talk about, I'm going to go out of order here, actually, you fools. Don't even look at the outline I sent you. So, uh, Kyle, I'm going to go to you first because, you know, baby, I didn't mean what I said about not wanting to hear your opinion. I want your opinion more than anything. James Harden's recent scoring streak. Tell me all about it.
2: What's there to say? It's the greatest show on earth right now. Even with Chris (laughs) Paul back, like, he's taking a backseat. I don't know if it's because he's maybe not, you know, at regular game Strength and conditioning as he was prior to the injury, but it looks like he's taking more of a back seat, which I said would be the best option with the way James Harden is playing. You could triple team him, and he's still going to hit and I will, back jumper later tonight. In, in your face. That's just what James Harden's on right now. Like he yeah. might, yeah, he he might take thirty shots a game, whatever. But he's still doing something that we haven't seen in decades. Honestly, like yeah, the man ever for what, sure. 40-41 points for the month of January Who's done that
0: Recently no Only mind. Wilt And and, and if, if the thing you've done Has only been done by Wilt You've done a good thing I'll tell you that much yeah. uh, And I used to say As you all know That I hated watching James Harden I was young I was naive I was a small boy <laughs> Didn't you say that like
3: three <laughs> podcasts ago <laughs> Yeah <laughs> uh,
0: I just I just don't like the Necessarily watching someone Try step back three over and over but when you're scoring 50, doing that, I gotta tune in, and uh, he's pretty much must walks basketball, must basketball over the next month. So, do you think before the end of the season, so last month, he breaks
2: the Kobe record of what is it, 81 points, 82 points,
0: with Chris Paul back? Maybe I don't know. I felt more confident with with Chris Paul out.
1: I think he put it on the table, and. I would not have expected that to be in the season, but I still think it'd be unlikely.
2: He's definitely shown us that he has the capability of doing it. I think yeah. Yeah. that one game against the Knicks when what he scored was it sixty-one. Like if he didn't shoot so terribly from three-point, yeah. he could have yeah. very easily broke eighty. I think he only made like yeah. three
0: three-pointers that game. I know, I was watching that game, and I was like, oh, he's having like a pretty good game or whatever. And then I looked at the scores after I turned the game off, and he had like 36 at halftime or something. I was like, wow, that's a real quiet 36.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's my favorite, favorite NBA player to watch just travel all over the, the court and not get called a single time. Um, but, I mean, his step back's the most unguardable play in basketball right now. Like, you can't do anything about it. Um, I think the craziest thing about him though is he is so like he has no physical attributes that make him intimidating whatsoever but okay. he he works angles if you just watch him play so well that it's I mean it's it's unguardable I mean that's why he's doing what he's doing and honestly watching him play the players next to him and alongside him are happy watching him take 30 40 shots a game they're they're happy yeah. to be watching the show there they're, they're they're grabbing rebounds and tossing it right back to him. So, I mean, you got to hold that up as long as you can. I know as a former JV basketball player, when the coach gives you the green light, like it seems James Harden has endlessly right now, you take advantage of that until yeah. that, that light
0: is turned off. Yeah. Let great. me ask you, Nick, did you ever get the green light on your JV basketball team? I did not. I, I was barely <laughs> asked to go into the game. I was one. I was he was one... red-lighted every time.
3: <laughs> Merlina, don't you shoot the ball is what I heard a lot. Set screens and get rebounds.
0: There you go. Give the ball to Booby. Um, <laughs> Ta- <all right>. <laughs> <in. laughs> Let's move on to another uh, set of news from the NBA. Victor Oladipo had a season-ending knee injury last week. Merlini, you were at the game, correct? Hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it was especially sad to see because the pages were you know they're three seed right now. They uh, they looked like someone who could give any of those top four that we expected you know in the Eastern Conference Finals the Raptors the Bucks the Seventy ers and the Celtics you know they could give them a good series and I was excited to see that and I just I enjoyed watching them play with Vic but that's just really it's, it's tough to see but they've hopefully looked be bad back.
2: since they haven't looked good. Sabonis doesn't How could look that they? Great I mean right they now. have
0: yeah, he's their only star, so, you
3: know. Time for Dougie yeah. McBuckets to make his come his up. <laughs> sure. I'll take a 10-piece a a McBuckets, Derek, am I right? Currently. Yeah, Xavier guy. Hate
2: him. One Oops, for 10 and
0: him. one for ten in his NBA debut. Yeah. That sounds like something I would do. Uh, <laughs> You'd make a move bucket. On. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> you think I can hit a wide on with three in an NBA game? I probably couldn't. Let's move on to... Uh, Just quickly I wanted to hit uh, DeMarcus Cousins is back.
2: Boo! And I gotta say,
0: he looks pretty darn good. Yeah, well. What do you guys think? Have you seen seen him play at all? I have. Um, He does though. He looks
2: (laughs) really good. I don't think he really needs to be capped at like the 24, 25 minutes that Kurt's playing him. He doesn't... he, He looks like he's physically in the shape to go 35 minutes a game. But yeah, I mean, he's like 90% back. I'd when say. you're blowing teams out like the Warriors always do, you don't need that until the playoffs. So. But, I mean, he looks basically... He's better on the boards than Draymond, and he looks like he's facilitating an offense just as good as Draymond was when, you know, Draymond was basically in his prime a year two years ago. And he's obviously just a better player overall than Draymond. So...
0: So why not just go ahead and trade Draymond for Anthony Davis, huh, gang? And then just replace Boogie with Anthony Davis. Questions? Reunite the gang. Hey, they might make an offer this summer. I'm just warning you.
2: Yeah, once they get rid of, so this is what happens: they either sign KD and they don't have enough to give um, Clay, and that's when Clay leaves, or KD leaves to go to the Knicks, and they sign Clay, and then they have still a decent amount of money to make a run at Anthony Davis. But Anthony Davis, a couple months ago, just
0: bought a house in L.A., so. Or think about this. They trade Steve Kerr for Alvin Gentry and Anthony Davis. (laughs) (laughs) It can't be overruled because Steve could coach and hit a couple spot-up threes in the game. (laughs) The first
2: true player coach in NBA history. I love it. It's, uh, so, right. it's so
3: Warriors, though, that they teach a seven foot behemoth who was like 26 and 14 last year
0: to hit spot up three pointers. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just add that to your arsenal. You come in here, you're hitting threes, damn it, all right? Because they honestly don't have much shooting behind Stephen Clay and Kevin Durant. Those are all good <laughs> shooters. You might have heard of them. They're the three best shooters in history. But other you can't than that, rely they're not- <laughs> on those three. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to uh, the NBA All Star reserves, were announced tonight so I screenshotted these on the Insta because I'm a technology savant like that. Uh, looks like in the East, it's Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Vic, he of the injured knee, Ben Simmons, and Nikola Vucevic, the star of Best in the App, my fantasy team. Which Thoughts on these reserves, guys? Any snubs? Anyone you're surprised to see go in? I think... They replace Vic with uh, D'Angelo,
2: Russell. I think they have to. That's fair. He's playing out of yeah, his mind right now. For sure, yeah.
1: I mean, I think in the East there aren't really any snubs because they're kind of stretching to get to 12 anyways. Because um, they're all snubs. <laughs> they're all scrubs, you might say. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so I think congrats to those players. I'd say, I'd say the West is a little bit more interesting where you are kind of having to – talk yourself out of guys that weren't going to make the list. Um,
0: Great, let's go to the West then. Excellent. I'll scroll over to my next Instagram post. Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Nikola Hulkic, Klay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, Lamargus Aldridge, Damon Lillard. Those are your reserves to the West. Molina, thoughts? Any snubs?
3: No, I mean, I think all those guys are very deserving to be in. Um, I think a guy from my fantasy team, CJ McCollum, who has been lighting it up. CJ
0: Wetnet. Yeah,
3: uh, but no, I mean those guys deserve to be in. Um, for sure, it'll be interesting. I mean, I know we got a big Jakic Stan sitting to the left of me currently. Who's he's a Stogie Boy All Star? Very sure. happy to see him on the list.
2: Um,
0: he should be a starter.
2: <laughs> yeah, there but, it is. You know, I don't. I don't make the
0: rules. I just follow them.
3: Is this how, is this the first year Draymond hasn't been an alternate in a while? Or was he not last? Yeah, year? I
0: think so. Maybe during their run. Yeah, yeah.
3: Which I'm happy. I mean, I hate that guy with my heart. but He's definitely
0: taking a step back in the offensive end. I mean, when I watch him play defensively, I still think he – maybe he doesn't turn it on all the time in the regular season, but he can certainly still be elite on that end. But who really wants to watch a Draymond type in the All-Star game, you know? No, no one does. <laughs> I think maybe the other
1: thing uh, my surprise was just looking off of, like, Zach Lowe had Rudy Gobert as a lock to make it and he didn't make it. Um, that is surprising. And I think I'm. it's hard. Like I think, all like Marlina said, all those players are deserving. Um, but Gobert is averaging like 13 rebounds and playing just as well defensively as he ever has and facilitating the offense as a big man pretty well. So I would say that would be the biggest snub. But right. also right. I'm not like personally super upset
2: about it. The market that he's in definitely doesn't help.
0: Yeah. For sure, and if you if you say Gobert's going to be in, it's like who do you take out? You know, in the West, I mean, Gobert would be one of the first reserves in for the East, or maybe even a starter. But
3: but it's it just tough. The same thing you just said with Draymond, the this, the point Seth just brought up where he rebounds a ball and plays defense is that necessarily the guy
0: that you want to watch in your All Star game? You know, but should that be a consideration? I mean, maybe I don't know. I certainly yeah. I'm not trying to watch. Gobert and Draymond one-on-one in the All-Star game. (laughs) Majestic. Majestic defensive battle. (laughs) All right, let's move on because we are already at somehow almost the 45-minute mark. Listen, we all love talking. We all love ourselves. Everyone loves listening to us. So what? So let's preview preview the old big game, the Super Bowl. You might have heard of it. Uh, It is the Patriots. It's the Rams. Patriots are favored by three. Two and a half, some places three. I don't know. Um, So we kind of want to discuss who do you think is going to win the game. Then we'll move on to who is going to win MVP. And then we can talk about some fun prop bets that might be cool to look at. So uh, Merlina, why don't you start us off. What do you think is going to happen in this game? The only one of us that has played football at any level. <laughs> well, no, I,
3: I'm very excited for this game. I wasn't at first when uh, the matchup was decided. Me and Kyle spent... Uh, that Sunday watching games together and I thought that the Rams would just get destroyed by the Patriots but I'm coming down on that a little bit I think while Bill Belichick is the best in the game probably the best that ever was um, Sean McVay is tricky I mean I think he's gonna pull some shit out in this game that no one was expecting I think they're gonna go for it on some fourth downs where it's gonna be risky territory to try to one-up Bill Belichick and I think Having uh, Wade Phillips on his staff, some experience on that end, is really going to help his game plan. Um, but I think if it comes down to, like, Jared Goff versus Tom Brady, it's, it's a no-brainer that the Patriots are going to win this one. I think the Patriots do win, but I think it's going to be a field goal, maybe a little more uh, in favor of the Patriots. But I think it's going to be a game. I mean, it's going to be a high-scoring game, I believe. And I think if the Rams can stop the rushing attack – for the Patriots, because they're going to come out and they're going to try to just bury them with giving Sony Michelle the ball and get get uh, get White out of the backfield. I think if they can stop that and make them have to dial it up in the passing game, I think it's going to be exactly where Sean McVay wants wants the Patriots at.
0: For sure,
1: Seth. What do you think about this game? Well, I think the entire world outside of the Greater Boston area is cheering for the Rams whoa 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 and sam there it is Uh, um i'm actually in boston now you fool so it's still true (laughs) so it's one of those things where i am not surprised the patriots are at this point i think it they are similar to lebron in that it's always wise to not bet against them um At the same time, I very much want the Rams to win. Not a fan of the Patriots. Um, And I think the Rams are the more exciting team. I think it would be fun if they can figure out, if Sean McVay and his infinite wisdom can figure out how to crack the code against the Patriots, Um, bring up some of the magic that the Eagles had last year, and avoid... Uh, the pitfalls of the Falcons the previous year. So, Too soon. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'm excited to watch the game. Um, I'm not going to be super devastated either way. I wish the Chiefs had made it, but I think it'll still be an exciting game. And uh, we'll see what Sean McVay can pull out of his bag of tricks.
0: Kyle... Do you agree, Patriots? I'm torn
2: here, mainly because I usually hate Tom Brady, but he seems to be loving the game more than he ever has, and that makes me scared. And Sean McVay is like my favorite coach in the NFL. And Just the most sexy coach. Second. Except for the one Cliff guy Kingsbury the one is currently a coach in the NFL right now, and he looks like NFL. Ryan Gosling. Um, <laughs> so I think it's going to be interesting – I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, honestly. Um, we don't know what we're going to get out of Todd Gurley, which is pretty huge. Um, if he is fully healthy, though, he's going to have a, a day receiving out of the backfield because that's the one thing that the Patriots are really bad against, which we saw against uh, Kansas City two weeks ago. When Once they realize Damian Williams is open every single possession Out of the backfield, and he just went off in that second half. Um, And Todd Gurley being one of, if not the best, running back, wide receiver out of the back, running back receiver out of the backfield. um, That's going to give the Patriots fits. But the one thing is, you know, the defensive schemes that each team runs. Um, If Sean McVay and Wade Phillips on using a lot of man coverage they're going to be in for a tough day because the Patriots wide receivers Julian Edelman specifically he had the best quarterback rating when targeted against man coverage and who he's going to be lining up against uh, what's his name? Robbie Nickel Robbie Coleman from the uh, (laughs) alleged no call uh, against the Saints he gave up um, the best Quarterback rate when being targeted in man covered. So I think it's kind of a lock that Julian Edelman has a big game. Um, I really don't. A lot of people keep saying that I listen to think that the Patriots are going to do that, you know, ground and pound, control the clock game. But the uh, <laughs> the Rams' defensive front is one of, if not one of the best in the league, at stopping that and. I don't think Michelle's going to have those same holes to run through as he had the last couple weeks, which, you know, when it comes to stopping the run, that just makes a team one-dimensional then. And at that point, it's just basically stopping three men and a quarterback being Gronkowski, James White, and Julian Edelman.
0: You know, three men and a quarterback was uh, my former band name from high school, actually. Yeah, I was
2: there <laughs> at that uh, one talent show. Um <laughs> but yeah it's gonna be a good game i'm excited uh i think the rams though do come out on top just mainly because of my fandom it sounds like you just you literally just talked
3: yourself into them winning while you were giving this <laughs> that's exactly what happened that's
0: exactly. What he hadn't happened. decided yet until <laughs> he just said that well i gotta tell you you know me i'm a man of my principles and um you have no principles <laughs> and yet i have no principles and at the beginning of the season, I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl. And here they are, playing in the Super Bowl. Will you pick them? Uh, so no, I think, will not. So you so think I might pick them. Wrong again. I'll pick the Patriots. Thank you. Listen, <laughs> my hands are tied. I always pick the Patriots. Seth picks the other team. We've been doing this for the last 18 years, and I'm, what, 5-3? and three, So I'm doing pretty well. Um, <laughs> 18 years, and you're 5-3. <laughs>
3: Is that right? <laughs> Those numbers don't add
0: up. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I just like, I like dynasties. I, I enjoy watching greatness. Uh, I kind of feel this way about the Warriors too, where it's just like, I want to be able to say I was alive when the Patriots won six Super Bowls and I just want to enjoy, you know, them dominating when they are. Um, so should I maybe give some analysis to why I think they'll actually win or should I just pick them and say my hands are tied?
3: I want to hear you talk about your <laughs> thick son, CJ Anderson. Oh,
0: CJ. <sighs> Looks like I he had a mother so and her son. <laughs> Two He's not wrong, right. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is weird the whole girly thing is not being talked about enough. I feel because here you have the the greatest running back in the NFL who was basically benched in the NFC Championship game. Was he injured? Was he benched? It seems more like he was benched, and he only got four carries in that game. I mean, that's a problem, and that would be something I'd be very concerned about if I was rooting for the Rams. Is my best player? might not, you know, even be produced. He's either injured or in the doghouse. So um I also think that the huge edge comes here in Brady versus golf, which I think we all agree on. Um so I think Tom has gone to a different level in the playoffs. Um during the regular season when I watched Patriots games, he would just he didn't look great. He would avoid getting hit. He would just throw the ball into the ground all the time, but he's really stepped up for the playoffs it kind of could be maybe like how the Warriors players we think play a little worse in the regular season because they're just waiting for the playoffs to really turn it on I think that's kind of been how he's like this year and how could you blame him he's 41 right he's got to save his energy um and I really think Goff has regressed in the playoffs a little bit whereas Tom has just vaulted to another level um <clears throat> in the playoffs they have both played two games and Goff is uh, 483 yards with a touchdown and a pick and only a 58% per, uh, completion rate, whereas Brady in two games has 691 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, but, you know, and a 71% completion percentage. So, I mean, that, that might be it right there. And I think that the whole Bill Vershawn thing, um, if there is one coach I'd be worried about going against, Bill Belichick, it'd be Sean McVay, but I still think big Bill is going to come up with a few things that the Rams have never seen before that are going to take them by surprise. So, I'll tell you what, King, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Anyone shocked? Not a, not even a little. So are we putting our customary 20 bucks on this or what?
1: Um, I think we should. Last year we didn't because we were both like going to win the confidence pool playoff bracket if we won, you know. But I think there's multiple scenarios that could happen for that. So we probably should put our customary twenty dollars bet back on the table.
0: And if we say on the podcast now, our five listeners will hold us to exactly. it. So, <laughs> all right. So let's talk about MVP. Uh, the odds are Brady's at plus one twenty five, Goff's at plus two fifty. Quarterbacks are the most likely to win. Gurley's at plus a thousand. Sony Michelle's at plus twelve hundred. CJ himself at plus sixteen hundred. Aaron Donald at plus 1,800 next, and then James White at plus 2,000. If the I Pillsbury
3: Tom... Doughboy himself takes home MVP, nothing else will shock me in the world if that happens. I think that would
0: be sweet. That would be incredible. That would be awesome.
3: He, is he worried about having a muffin top in the in the Super Bowl? Like, Is he worried about how that's going to look? Like, If you play offensive linemen,
0: it's expected. But, man, he's thick. I don't think so. I think they were asking CJ about how he felt about um, people calling him like too fat or whatever, and he said, "Well, why don't you come try to tackle me in the hole, and then we'll see who's too fat." So yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, I feel pretty good about his performance in this game. After that, <laughs> I would say if you if you're picking the Patriots to win, which I am, and if I were a betting man, which I also am, uh, I think Brady is obviously a good bet. Um, I think there's a scenario where he throws for you know 400 yards and three touchdowns. If you want long odds, James White at plus two thousand. You know, if he gets a couple touchdowns and whatever, 14 receptions, he could definitely be in line for MVP. What do you guys think? Do you have any long shots? Kind of like the Aaron Donald.
3: Mm -hmm. I was going to say the same.
2: It's interesting. I just pulled up the list of, like, MVPs throughout the Super Bowl era, and in the last, like, 10 years, there's only been two instances of a QB not winning, and it was Malcolm Smith Uh, for the Seahawks at linebacker a couple years ago, and then Santonio Holmes for uh, Pittsburgh Mm, as a wide mm. receiver. So, really, I think... But at the same time, if the Rams do win, I don't think it's because of Jared Goff. Right. So, that makes me think it's either Donald Gurley or, surprisingly, the Pillsbury Doughboy himself. And the thing is, though, with only a $400 difference in... Um, uh, Gurley and Anderson You'd have to go with That's, Gurley
0: Is it 400? You
2: said 1,216 right? No it's 1,000 for Gurley And 1,600 for CJ, CJ. So, You might as well just At that point just Toss 100 on each of them If either one of them wins It's a, you wouldn't it's a nice dare. payday No I wouldn't
0: You know what's funny to me is that coming into the last Super Bowl right? We said well if the Eagles win, it certainly won't be because of Foles. <laughs> and then he went ahead and got Super Bowl MVP. So yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past Goff, you know.
3: I, my, uh, I'm, I'm on board with this Aaron Donald train, though. though. He makes a, a couple big TFLs, a strip sack to maybe seal the game. I mean, it's going to be hard to give true. it. I mean, he's dominated this entire playoffs. I mean, he's dominated the entire season. He's a lock for Defensive ah. Player of the Year. And he's arguably, not, not really even arguably, the best player in football. He's I know why we're laughing player.
0: right now because we dropped him for our fantasy team two weeks into the season when it, it's we a, a keeper start. so we, we, we can't have that on our team. We, we could have had him for like five years.
2: sacks? Yeah, but who's to say that was going <laughs> to keep happening? We assume if you don't perform, you're off the team. Him. Okay. It seems we're just going to like triple him and just take, try to take him out of the equation and he'd be mediocre, yeah. at, you know, statistically at best. But then I saw his swim move at splitting defenders and I was like, we dropped them a little too early,
0: I think. Listen, we're not the, the main trains with knives. League, but.
2: Fake knives.
0: <laughs> fake knives, not steak knives. Uh, fake let's knives. T- let's talk about some prop bets um, for the Super Bowl. We can start with some more legit ones, and then really go into the into the more fun ones. Um, one of the ones I like is the Patriots to convert a fourth down. Is minus one fifteen. They're going to do it, right? Definitely. If it's minus one fifteen, that means you can get what tell me tell the people, Kyle, what that means. <laughs>
2: that means that pretty much just means that uh so say you wagered you'd have to wager $115 to win a hundred. But you get two fifteen if you win, right? Yeah, you get your your money back. You yeah. get your money back plus the, the hundred dollars for the bet. Yeah. So yeah, it's low odds. Um, you know, it's not underdog odds, so to say. They're not plus, so obviously, lines makers think that there's a decent chance it's going to happen. And I'm pretty sure that they've done it every they've done game it every this, playoff game, yeah. This postseason, yeah. I mean, if, I don't if see you it get not them, having. if they get the ball or have the ball anywhere in like the Rams 35 yard line to midfield and it's a fourth and short They'll go Belichick's for it. going They'll go for, it. for it yeah so you gotta think uh, in a game in which what do you think 63 offensive plays per team or so around there are gonna be run one of them out of those 63 will most likely be a fourth down conversion or at least an attempt
1: I think it's very likely it like that but then again, we words. did talk
2: about how devastating that ramps, you know,
0: front seven is, so I love when you present both sides of the coin, baby. Speaking of which, the coin flip, heads and tails are both negative one oh five. That's what it is every year. You gotta go tails though, right? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta bet on your dick. Heads, you gotta bet on your head. Uh um Another one that always wins, and I, I can't take credit for this. I stole this from Against All Odds, the gambling podcast that we all know we all love. Um, the minimum touchdown length, it's the line set at one and a half yards. If you take the under, which is at negative 200 right now for the line, it almost always wins. And these two teams are 4-0 and for it in their two games. So um, in all four games they've played in the playoffs, they've scored one-yard touchdowns basically. And you know there's gonna be a pass interference in the end zone, where a team has to score from the one. You know Brady's gonna have one of those sneaky little goal line dives that he loves to do. So I think that's a good bet too. Mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> I think my favorite is the uh, Tony Romo correctly predicting plays because somehow that man, with just his announcing, is they're talking he's gonna get six to eight million dollars offered to be a head coach in the NFL. And after after to, or not Tony Romo, uh, Jason Garrett, they reports came out that he's not going to get extended. Jerry Jones is sitting there, pants at his ankles, waiting to call Tony Romo and get him to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Just, <laughs> just waiting everything for him. out. Just he's got his loafer out, just waiting.
2: <laughs> that that uh. is at a seven and a half plays. The over is minus one twenty for him to correctly call eight plays or more pretty much we gotta
0: take the over i think gang i don't know (laughs) that is a lot of plays so
1: what does constitute calling a play like how detailed does he have to be i think he just has to
3: say like like literally they're gonna run the ball to the right right here and if that happens i think that's correctly calling a play Mm -hmm. and in my but i mean if he just says they're gonna run it right here i don't think that like you have to be a little more descriptive
0: do you think if I if I predicted all sixty three offensive plays for both teams for the entire game, I would get eight of them right? Not even close. You might get one <laughs> if you are lucky.
2: I think I can get eight. We were, oh, like, I could easily get eight. Like Nick said, we were watching those yeah, those, guys two guys games, those two games, those two games two weeks ago, and that Patriots game. I was doing the same thing Tony Romo was in overtime. Like it was well, like, all you had to say was run, run. No, I run. mean I was like <laughs> Edelman motion. I was like Edelman's gonna go up the middle. He's gonna get like an eight yard catch, and that's exactly what happened. At least four plays in a row. Yeah, they so ran the same
3: thing over and over. This, so. and that's
2: the one thing for Romo is Belichick. In those situations, you know, after studying Belichick for however many years that I'm sure Romo has, he knows like for the majority of things, it's pretty much the same play. It's just a matter of how he's going to try to distract the defense to get that player open. So, I think he can do it. I just don't know how apt he's going to be to actually attempt it.
3: Well, I mean, the producers
2: of that are going to have him
3: like, hey, if you have any inclination, say it. Because it's, I mean, they're getting ratings and interactions through the roof with him doing that. I mean, people are tuning in to listen to Tony say this stuff. So I think if, I mean, he's going to be going left and right with them. I think the over would be
2: stupid. Like, it's a smart bet. I think also Tony Romo has an earpiece that's intercepting play calls oh. from the sidelines. So this take. goes all the way to the top. <laughs> this is a conspiracy from another podcast, but I am bought
0: into it 100%. <laughs> Do you guys have any more like legit ones that you want to go over before I really get into the fun ones for our five listeners in the last few minutes? Um, what do we got here?
3: The possibility of a doink plus three fifty.
0: I did look that up, and I am—I I mean, Cody Parke is in this game. Yeah, I exactly. You got—you got Greg the Leg. He's not
2: doinking anything. It is Gaskoski. Greg might so. hit—he might yeah, hit like a fifty-seven-yard
0: field goal in this game. It's in speaking a dump. Speaking of field goals, there's a prop bet: uh, Russell Westbrook total points, rebounds, and assists combined is it going to be 2.5 points higher than the longest field goal kicked in the game? So basically, let's say Russell Westbrook gets like 50 total points, rebounds, and assists combined. That needs to be 2.5 or more points higher than the, the longest field goal. That one's right there. I mean, that's the line is minus 115 that he'll do it. So They are playing Boston that day. So I can almost guarantee if Russell Westbrook read this bet, that he's going <laughs> to get over catch 22 <laughs> rebounds in the game. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like he's elbowing his barn. centers he's... out of the way. <laughs> Stephen Adams goes straight to the ground as he grabs his 23rd rebound. <laughs> um. Okay, I also saw it too. There's a prop for James Harden points scored on Sunday ga- Sunday's game versus the longest touchdown scored in the Super Bowl in yards. Oh, I don't know what James the odds Harden. I'll look him up because you're good at. Kyle, would you look it up? You're good at in podcast research. What is it? What am I looking up? Now this is a good, this is one of your toughest challenges yet. James Harden's points scored on Saturday's game versus longest touchdown scored in the Super Bowl. What are the odds? If he can do this, he should just stop even talking on the podcast and only doing podcast research. Is saying the longest touchdown scored in the Super Bowl ever or this year? This. so what do you
1: want me to look up so what is he looking up
0: i could not have been clearer with him what are the odds for it oh what are the odds yeah
1: um i would pick james harden
2: he's too
0: confused still you just
2: want me to find the odds okay
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) we understood what the bet was the whole time and then you went on rambling for 40 minutes trying to explain the bet to us (laughs) and then who me or you little did i know all you wanted to know was what the odds were
0: yeah of course I would take James Harden. All right, hard. right I'll look, I keep mean, talking. The odds. This is you why, why the listeners like, tune in. They they want to hear this. <laughs> All five of them. They're so loyal, though. Do you think there's going to be, like, more than a 40-yard touchdown score? Because let's say James Harden is pretty much guaranteed 40, right? Yeah. So.
1: And he might get 80. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs>
3: It's insane uh-huh. that we can say that about an NBA player. Like, he's guaranteed to get 40 points a night. Well, and the other thing... I mean, he did average over 40, so... Yeah, I know,
0: but it's just, yeah. like, insane <laughs> that you can say that. The for other sure, thing yeah. is
1: because we never have, like, kickoff returns for touchdowns anymore. Like, that's not going to happen. No. Also, while we're talking about James Harden and Russell Westbrook, breaking NBA news is that LeBron's playing tonight. Groin and all? Grinding. I believe he's playing with his grind. Yes. And not just like you did last night. Is it
2: like a right groin and left groin,
0: or is it just one groin? No, just one groin.
2: The
3: question is, though, did he go through like a 24-hour detox from the sheesh to get ready
0: for tonight? (laughs) Or like is he playing still a little buzzed? I think. I like how we're just basically filibustering right now while Kyle tries to look (laughs) up a very specific prop bed. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Hey, we can do this all night. How long can the podcast go?
1: I think
0: LeBron could get
3: drunk
1: pregame off of wine and still get 28, 8, and 8.
0: Who's to say he hasn't before? I, I'm going to say we, I can't, we can't put it past him. What are the odds? I mean, Jordan's flu game was a hangover, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a story about how he came to one game tanner, darker he than he usually is because he played holes gol- golf. 36 holes of golf that morning in a before a playoff game. <laughs> oh, I want to mention one more one. This is This is one that you guys really want to jump on. What color will the liquid be that is poured over the game-winning coach? Lime green slash yellow at plus 225, the heavy favorite. Here's the thing.
2: (laughs) I just found this tweet, and that's what I was pulling up uh, before you brought this up. Somebody tweeted and tagged Todd Gurley and the Rams and Jerry Goff, asking what the preferred Gatorade for that team is on the sidelines. Todd Gurley responded, ice punch, light blue. Uh If the Rams win the Super Bowl— Put, if you like think they're going to win the Super Bowl, like put like 100 bucks on, on blue. Well, is
0: Gurley's not even going to play. It's just going to be CJ. Whatever CJ wants. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want any Gatorade. He wants a, a platter of pastries served to him right after the game. All right, All right let's just end this podcast. I don't, to, I, I don't even want to hear Kyle's I can't odds find
2: odds on There's no odds for some reason. It's Did you listed. just put that
3: in there not knowing if there was odds
2: on it? No, it's no listed, idea if there but are. there's no odds for some reason. <laughs> oh. but One thing I do want to say... There is odds on this. Where is it at?
0: Four? Um, he said four? It was four. My goodness. <laughs> what can it
2: mean? <laughs> Which will be more? James Harden points, rebounds, and assists, or Patriots and Rams score combined? The line is at a pick them Mmm.
1: So
0: James Harden. Mm, it's
2: got to be. 40, I would 10, take the game. for. You're taking the game?
0: 50, yeah, I'm taking the game well he could do one of those cute little things where he has a 50 point triple double exactly and then he's at <laughs> at least 70 that but is so cute, cute when like he does that
2: it, both teams could score in the 40s Yeah,
0: sure. or
2: it could be a grinded out game and both teams score less than 30 or like 31 and 27 you know what the thing is we're not sure
1: which side of the bet is going to come true because it hasn't happened yet <laughs> is that not what a bet is? So maybe that's <laughs> why we're having a hard time to they say. are Dude, called true props <laughs>
0: Uh, Before we go, I have one more thing to say Kyle, I want you to know that the other night I had a dream that the Bears uh, won the Super Bowl but I wasn't even happy about it I was just mad because I had to text you and tell you that you were right about it and I just didn't want you to know that you were right (laughs) And you woke up in a fit of sweat Yeah, I was in a cold sweat
2: (laughs) I'm glad I'm still in your dreams to this day Of course,
3: Sam, before we sign off I want to let you know my favorite experience from the podcast so far was you tell it, not not on this one but of listening was you telling the story about uh going to the bathroom at the
0: airport um i legitimately cried laughing when you told that story. i'm That's actually, actually still not allowed to go uh into the city of atlanta those days, day so you're probably not allowed you yeah, got your no poster way. up yeah i haven't been allowed to fly since either so um all right, this has been a pleasure. What a what a podcast, guys! A big the big Super Bowl blowout summer blowout. We have big the NBA news. We had special guest Nick Merlina. It was a pleasure, Nick. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, boys. I'll see you later. Nick, good luck in the ACC. third day, You know what he did? What did he do? He rose again. <laughs>